All right, kids, grab your popcorn. It's time for the Sports Frenzy 2.0 Weekend Edition. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro Kevin Crane. And as we record here on the 11th, this will drop on August 14th. So strap it in for a big segment of movie reviews. We yep. got three of them for you that we have watched in conjunction. So, yeah, we go across the spectrum from big budget action comic book movie to intimate biographies of a band, a rock band we love, and one of our favorite actors of all time. So, there you go. Should be fun. So, do we want to begin with the music documentary? Sure. Since it came out first. Sure. It's been out for a little while. So that little band from Texas, ZZ Top, in honor of Dusty Hill's passing, we decided to watch this one. Yes, and this was one where the Conquistador wrote me in because <laughs> we were coming back from our last concert where we saw Warrant along with uh, Eric Martin with Eddie Trunk hosting. And he mentioned this movie, and I'd completely forgotten it was in my queue on Netflix. And... It, <laughs> Believe it or not, I got in the door after they dropped me <laughs> off, him and Mrs. C, and I flicked it on, and I started watching it, and I finished it up the next day. And then I told the Conquistador when we were uh, getting ready for last week's podcast, I said, did you watch it? It's like, dude, Jesus, God, you already watched it? <laughs> so the maestro graciously say, held off on reviewing it last week so I could get caught up. And we will discuss it together. Yes. Which is what we like to do the best. Um, and honestly, of the three movies, I'm not trying to jump ahead here, but of the three movies, I probably enjoyed this the most. I, I think I would agree with you on that one. It was the cohesiveness of it. Yeah, I would, I would give it three frenzies. Um, some of the things I took away from it that I enjoyed... And keep in mind, I love ZZ Top, but I'm not the biggest ZZ Top fan in the world, if that makes I any like sense. I like them more than you do. Probably, yes. Um, seeing Billy Gibbons without the beard for so long at the early part of their career. Oh, my God. Kind of was a, a trip for me. Yeah. And the fact is. And when, Dusty without the beard as well early not on. Not the long beard. Not the He long did beard. have the short goatee. Yeah. But seeing the most as a child and when he first started that high school band with his brother where they were clean shaven. Right. And then Billy Gibbons. A lot of people probably look at ZZ Top as stereotyping them as a stupid bunch of redneck hillbillies from down south. You need to listen you watch this, you need to listen to Billy Gibbons talk. Billy Gibbons is one of the most intelligent rock stars you will ever find. He is smart oh beyond God. belief. Every sentence is well thought out, very intelligent, very smart. He's not one of these guys, oh, um, oh, uh, oh, uh, fuck, yeah, shit, dude. Yeah, no. Actually, all three of them. Yes, put I will agree with that. Together... I was shocked, though, that Frank Beard ended up being the one that probably was the most messed up of the three. 
yeah, the, the drug habit that he had where he pretty much did everything. What did he say? That first tour he made $78,000 on and he spent it all on drugs. And the scary, there's a scary quote he, he puts out there and I'm not ripping on him. Don't get me wrong. Um, they all three of the members come off as marginally flawed, but intelligent, like Dave said. But there is one quote that he made that scared me to death. Frank Beard did, where he said, basically, have you ever tried heroin? It's phenomenal. Yeah. He said, and I, I tried like, oh, it. Oh, my God. And I loved it. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I don't need, don't want to no. have kids here in this. No. You know, despite the fact that I'm sure the kids don't care about ZZ Top, like you said, one way or the other now. But, but still, hearing that was frightening. Yes. The fact that I know he's over it now, but he's, he still kind of looks back on it fondly. That, that's, that high you get from heroin. Ugh. That scares me. That yeah. scared me. And I would have... I would have laid odds that he was the most mellow of the three. And it turns out he, he was, was the, the most reckless of the three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Billy Gibbons, again, obviously was probably the mastermind. It was. And Dusty, Dusty was the center. I think Dusty was the, the cohesive moral center that kept everybody together. Probably. Yeah. It seemed to be that way. Cause what was it? It was Billy Gibbons was the most successful of the three coming in because he'd had a hit on the radio with the band that he was with. And then a couple of those guys left drafted into the war. And that was the trio that they renamed ZZ top. Well, those two guys had left Frank beard had tracked Gibbons down convinced him to a jam session and Billy's like, all right, this guy's got it. And then we just need another. And Frank said, I played with this guy, Dusty on bass. You got to hear him. They jammed forever. And it was, they just meshed. Yeah. Frank and Dusty had that early connection. Yeah. It seemed to they be had, the core. Yeah. Dusty's brother wanted think. Frank to be their drummer and brought him in. And then when right. that fizzled out. Usually with the dynamics, the way the bands are brought together, you know, usually the lead singer is somehow in some way the impetus. But it almost seems like Gibbons, even though, like I said, he just comes off as an absolute genius, comes off much better than I ever thought he would. He seems like he came in to Frank and Dusty's world. Yeah. Which was very interesting. That dynamic seemed like yeah. they brought him in. Yeah, because Frank sought Billy out and got the three of the Frank got the three of them together. Right. right. And, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that that they brought yeah. Billy in, but Frank and Dusty but, had the early connection. And then Billy played Right. Off of what they already had. Yes. Yes. So I thought, again, for a, a solid rock and roll documentary, this was really good. 
really yeah. good fun. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking in any way, no, shape, or form. But it was also nice to find a band who had a manager from the beginning that didn't screw them over, that worked with them and helped cultivate what they became. Yeah. And Bill Mack. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a refreshing change of pace. And I did like the way at the beginning when they drive, they're driving through during the opening credits and they park oh. out in front of the the hall. Yeah. And they get out and then at the end they get back out of the hall and they get in the car, car and drive, and drive away off. again. Yeah. And they do a really decent job of, of addressing all the periods yes. of their their careers. So I thought it was very well balanced. You yeah. know, they, they talk about the MTV years. Just the only thing is that's about it. It's the MTV years and then they're and done. And then it's done. They don't carry forward. So basically the last 20 years, you 25 years, you really don't know what wh we know what's happened. We know the albums they've put out. We right. know the songs they've put out, but the movie doesn't discuss that. Right. They basically act like boom. Eliminator was that was yeah. the peak and now it's just kind of right. riding along. Right. And considering the fact this movie was only a couple years old, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, that they did not cover a little bit more of what happened from the late 80s on. Yeah. But still, I, I found it very entertaining. I'll give it three. Yep, I, I agree with you on that one. Okay, so how about we stick with the... The documentary? The, the Yeah, the entertainment documentary. And we go with Val. Val Kilmer. Yep. Pretty much based on all of his home movies, he constantly had a video camera with him throughout his time at Juilliard on through all the motion pictures he's done and still to this day filming everything, all his interactions with his family. Which makes this a very intimate, personal portrayal of Val Kilmer, who I have said, who I've always said, I told my daughter a couple weeks ago when she asked me, the protege asked me, Who's your favorite actor? And I said, I don't know if I can pick one, but Val Kilmer would be up there. Val's a top five. Yes. People never gave him the credit he deserved for what he did in that 20-year span when he was the man. He was the myth. He was the legend. From Tombstone, Top Gun. My problem with this movie is that Val filming everything worked at times to make it great and at times made it a failure. Yes, I agree. There were there were moments where it's like, oh man, really? I think you included that part. Number one, I think the last half hour was very, very uh, disappointing. Yes, the whole once once they got to the point, and I'm not spoiling anything for people. No, but once you started talking the Mark Twain thing, he yes, was trying to yes, write right right about after that point. I I know he did the Mark Twain thing, and I admire his passion for that. 
but it was everything after that kind of became a little bit more you know and and the religion stuff at that point he started talking more about religion and but that was also the point where he was dealing with the throat cancer right i just maybe selfishly i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of his movie history the two movies i thought they covered very well number one the, the highlight of the movie for me was the footage he got on the set of the Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh my God. That was incredible. Cause we all know anybody who knows movies, who's, who's 40 years or older has heard how that entire cluster fuck. It, it was, it was a went God. Awful and unfortunately for, for Val, that was probably the downfall of his career. Because he stood up for himself and the other actors against see, the now director. Will, yeah, see, now I will fight you on this. I I love the intimate shots. And the one that stuck out at me was when he was had David Thewlis there, one of yeah. the co-stars. And he was just basically asking, are you okay? Are you all right? But I think they ganged up on Frankenheimer a bit too much, especially because Kilmer got to the point at that time of his career, I think he got too arrogant. And I think what happened was he started talking about method acting. He started getting into the whole method acting thing, which we all know it destroyed his marriage. He admits it. Yeah. When he got too far into Jim Jim Morrison. It destroyed his marriage. Yeah. He admits it. And then he's sitting there talking about how the brilliant Marlon Brando is trying to give suggestions to John Frankenheimer and they won't listen to the brilliant Marlon Brando. Here's an idea for Marlon Brando at that point in time. Stop eating. Yeah. You're so freaking fat. He could have been Jabba the Hutt. People all. Bow down to him like he's a god. He's not doing on the waterfront anymore, people. No. He kind of burned Look. his bridge with Last Tango in Paris. Yes, I was going to say, we go back to the the movie we reviewed a couple months ago, Skin. Yep. And, and we look back at the allegations against him in Last Tango in Paris. And at that point, he was dead to me as an, as an actor. Yeah. But they still marvel over him. They still praise him beyond all belief. Like he's the be-all, end-all. And Even he though he's a 400-freaking-pound tub of goo. He was the impetus behind Jabba the Hutt. And then the scenes where they were actually showing, well, this isn't Marlon. You know? They would have a big fat guy up there with the white with makeup the white and makeup the, white, to- the white outfit on. And he went up and asked him, said, what's your name? I said like Marvin. Yeah. Something something, something like that. Lame. Something like that. Yeah. But the, the but Batman we, stuff was interesting too. Yes. Very Even though that was that so. was too short. I wanted more. I Batman. wanted more on the problems with Batman. Now that one I can understand the director being an asshole. See, I like John Frankenheimer. I have always liked his movies. See, but so, I want to know more of what Frankenheimer came in and was doing with Moreau with Moreau right what he did to Thules 
yeah, just get him to get that reaction that Val caught on on. Yeah, film, we don't know tape. what we never found out what Frankenheimer said or did to right. Thule. So the, you're, you're so there's probably something there, and it alludes in the scene that Val's filming. Frankenheimer's telling him to turn off the camera, right? And Val's like, "This is my proof for what you're." trying That's to true. say because you've said stuff before that you've gone back on right i agree with you on that yes so that kilmer was trying to get him on camera to say hey i'm just trying to document what's going on here this we, if you got a problem with it then you, something's wrong with you yeah you told us one thing and now you're doing something else i just want verification for what's going on but the, now we go back to batman and I did like, even though, again, I needed more. I wanted more of the movie stuff. I really did. Yeah, I guess that would have been good. That was my big complaint with the movie was I wanted another 20 or 30 minutes of the movie stuff. Yeah. You know, we never, what we got nothing on Real Genius. Nothing. Just that bare one little clip. Nothing on Real Genius. Nothing on Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Very Which little. I thought would be the, the one that would kind of end his whole movie career. Because I know he did a lot of. Straight to video stuff, stuff. but but kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Come on, all you got. They alluded to the fact that Downey tried to stick up for him because I guess that was the point where people were really saying he's difficult to work with. Yeah, and And Downey's trying to stick up for him. I want no, he's not difficult to work with. He takes his job seriously, right? And there were a few other actors who said he is not difficult. No. No, and of course, it's going to be skewed. I'm sure there are yeah. people out there. Will, Frankenheimer, I'm sure, says he's an asshole. That's fine. But the Batman stuff, I needed more I from. I would like to have had I a little liked bit more. with Nicole Kidman where she came out and just said, I feel so bad for him because you couldn't move around in that outfit. He you couldn't, couldn't hear move, anybody. He couldn't hear. He couldn't interact. And I still, with all those obstacles, I will still stick my, my guns and say, he's... Next to Christian Bale, my favorite Batman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bale was great. Bale was phenomenal, but that more was, I think, Christopher Nolan. You know, Bringing Val Kilmer got stuck with Joel Schumacher. How Basically about, yeah. praising you, Tommy you, Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. They, they were the focus of that movie, not Batman, the character. You're going to rip on Frankenheimer. That's fine. I can't address the personal dynamic they had. But in terms of what I see in the movies I've watched, Frankenheimer is 15 times a better director than Joel Schumacher. Jo- I could, you and I could direct a better movie than he, well, he yeah, could. We could. And the next movie he did with George Clooney as Batman is one of the most widely worst, reviled worst, worst movies, movies of all ever. time. And Val Kilmer, Nicole Kidman, Jim Carrey, God bless them for at least making Batman Forever halfway decent. Right. It was the actors who saved that movie. But I wanted more of that. I wanted more. The Top Gun stuff was okay. They could have done a little bit more with it. I'm sure Tom Cruise had some say in that. You can't use that footage. You can't use that footage. I wanted more on Real Genius. I loved what I know. I loved what we got on Top Secret. Yes, little. We could have used a little, a little bit more. more. We could have used a little more on Willow. That was interesting. Yeah, where, where he met, where his, he wife. met his wife. Finally, after falling right. in love while she right. was filming Top Secret. Yeah, but I love the story about him going to the bar 
knowing yeah. that they were going to be there. Yeah. And he didn't talk to her. Yep. Forever so interested it's, it's in Joan great, Wall. It's a great movie, but I can't give it more than two and a half frenzies because I just think the last half hour was so self-indulgent. It, it just didn't do it for me. I wanted yeah. more of his movie career. Yes, I will agree with you on that one. I give it two and a half as well. I do like that even with all he's been through, and he has his good times and bad times, but he's still got that mischievous glint in his oh, eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, you can tell he is still Val. And it, that's the thing, is it's so sad to watch the movie because I I love him. I've always loved him. <sighs> and he admits he I, sounds I, and looks he, worse me, than he feels. He, he's like Don Johnson to me. He's like a male crush to me. He and Don Johnson, I looked at those two, and I was like, those are the guys I want to be. They're so freaking good looking. They're so cool. They're so awesome. Everything they do is so well thought out and so perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you see you see Val Kilmer doing and the- I'm Your Huckleberry. and to- That's another <laughs> one. I wanted more Tombstone. Tombstone more would have been good. You know, other than but just the footage of I him. Loved, at I the- loved the fact that they talked about the connection between him and Kurt Russell. Yes. That was great. I mean, I, that made me feel really good. Yeah. That those two actually connected off screen as well as on screen. Yeah. And I will give him, I will be one of the few people in the world to give him kudos and say, Big fucking balls for saying, I don't want to do another Batman. I yes. want to do the Saint. Yes. And we ripped on the Saint a couple weeks ago because they're doing the namby-pamby PC crap with that. Right. And you're disparaging not only Roger Moore to me, but you're but disparaging Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer. Who had the balls to say, sorry, I'm done with Batman. It was not a pleasant experience. I'm doing something different. And he, again, you alluded to the Mark Twain part, which became his passion project at the end. Yeah. Which I love. That's fine. I I will question the finances involved and how he got the money to do it. And watch the documentary on Amazon Prime. There there are some... Lots of money problems in Val Kilmer's life. Multiple times. Started with his father. Right. And then the whole but, divorce thing kind of took another but, turn. But again, I can't. Sometimes he comes off pretentious. Sometimes he comes off arrogant. I don't see him coming off as the the nasty person that Frankenheimer or other people make him out to be. Right. The difficult guy. He no. just wants things the way he wants them. He's, as he says, and, and if others, he's a lead he's actor, he's a perfectionist. Yes, he wants to have the best possible product. He wants to be the best he can be, and yeah, that's kind of where I would probably say people found him difficult. So that's why I'm really torn. I mean, two and a half. I have to give it two and a half. Yeah, that last half hour was but it's just, just kind it's of... A, it's a very high, low thing for me. There are moments, there's 15, 20, 30-minute parts of it where I'm just like enthralled and mesmerized, and then there are 15, 20, 30-minute parts where, where I'm like... you're just like, oh my God. Jesus, God, get over it, Val. Move on. You know, I did love the fact that his son 
narrated oh, a big that part of was it. Awesome. That was great. That was great. Um, but the, like the, you said, the love between him and his kids. But again, not, but that's I'm not see. saying anything. That's just what you see in the film. Yes. We don't know the do we full. Talk to, do we? If we talk to Joanne Wally, do we get a different story? His ex-wife, right. the mother of go. those two kids. Who I was actually surprised for popped up at the end. Popped up at the end for Val's mother's funeral. Yeah, she went right. with the family and that's, for that. To me, that's the point where everything started going downhill. Yeah, like you said, right after the Mark Twain Passion Project started to come into focus, then it and just then she came of... in for the the mothers. Yep. So. Yeah, boy, this it was just so tough for me to review this because I love him so much. There, there were parts I loved, parts I did not. Right. So, yeah, I got to go two and a half. all over the place. All right, we're going to save the Suicide Squad for our next segment because Dave alluded to it, said we might not be able to get all our movie reviews in. But I have one personal tidbit of movie news that's killing me. That's destroying me. It's eating him up inside. I'm trying to find every last cent I can. I'm looking under sofa cushions. My dream car is going on auction in September at Houston, in a Houston auction. The Risky Business Porsche 928. <laughs> the U-boat? Is No, not the U-boat. There are four documented... Porsche 928s that were used in risky business. The U-boat was a shell. Right. This one that is a fully functional model level. Only one left that they can locate. Normally, a 928 in this condition would go for 70000 That much? So I'm wondering how much is uh, probably a hundred, hundred and fifty. You, uh, how much we got in the sports frenzy coffers, Dave? Negative fifty cents. <laughs> oh my God, that's my dream car, though. And why is why is the Porsche nine twenty eight that much of a junky car? It. Why is it only going for seventy thousand if it's in great condition right now? The eighties nine twenty the nine twenty the eighties nine twenty eight was not all that. Okay, it was kind of the every man's Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, I still want it. I still want it so bad. Can't we go? See, down? that's why the nine elevens are still what's going to bring it. We could do a podcast from Houston next month, you and I. We could go down <laughs> there. We could. I could, you know, I'm looking around. I could, I could sell, I could sell my Punisher poster for probably ten thousand. <laughs> I could sell my Night Ranger poster for probably five thousand. You got a whole room full of stuff. Oh my God! I would, would they love take, would to they have that nine twenty eight? box upon box of comic books here you go <laughs> i want the portion i 28 from risky business give it to me i guarantee that goes for 200 minimum probably 250 250 is probably what i'm that's what i'm thinking oh my life sucks god that is my dream car it's always been my dream car a 928 
That well, no, that car. Oh, that car. Now after that, it would be Sonny Crockett's the Barracuda. Yeah, this first, not the not the the, the second. Oh no one. no no! I'm sorry. I'm I was thinking Nash Bridges. No Barracuda. no. Sonny Crockett's the first. Right, not Ferrari the white spider. Right, the black, not the not white. Not the Testarossa. Right, the black spider. Right, yes, that's my second. That's my second. And I've, I'm hearing rumors, rumors, rumblings that the Miami Vice style is starting to come back. People are starting to wear white the linen white jackets. The white linen jackets pushed up with the the tropical aqua colored. or the pink undershirt. Yeah, I knew it. I always said it. <laughs> I was ahead of my time. I dressed that way for a trivia night. <laughs> I won a costume contest at a convention. They had an 80s night theme. I wore the white linen pants, the white linen jacket with the hot pink t-shirt with the wig. Sweet. It was awesome. All right, stay tuned for the next segment. We are always the trendsetters here, kids. Suicide Squad coming up along with Music News of the Week. Stuck in a no-win situation? Wife being held captive while your feet bleed? Take a second to decompress. Pull out your smartphone and listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page. The maestro and the conquistador will take your mind off your dire predicament and give you the best non-PC sports commentary you'll find anywhere. And once you compose your exit strategy and take down some German terrorists, you'll want to yell, yippee Kai Sports Frenzy 2.0! All right, kids, welcome back to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on the 11th of August. This will hit on the 14th. Available all over Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, Castbox, Up Your Mom's Ass, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Oh. Damn, that was rough. Yeah, I didn't mean to. that came out wrong. That really came out wrong. Sorry. But I guess the reason why I'm being like that is because I watched the Suicide Squad. <laughs> And boy, we're going to have fun with this one. That's why we had to save this for the second segment. We didn't have enough time. We had to give proper time to ZZ Top and Val Kilmer, who were worthy of our attention and worthy of praise and evaluation. Where again, I got screwed over with this promise of this great DC anti-superhero group. And everybody said, oh, this time they got it right. This time they've got the guy who can do it. This time it's all going to come together. And this time they still fucked me up the ass. It sucked. It, it was not the Suicide Squad we deserved. Twice now. Twice they've done this. Now, I did enjoy this one a little bit more than the first one. I know. This one was more entertaining. I know. 
I did not come looking for it to be the Suicide Squad. It's a DC movie. DC cannot pull off a decent movie. That, that, sorry, it's a fact. I am waiting. Other than, and I, I, uh, I other did than, this. Other than the James Nolan Batman, DC cannot do a movie. The Christopher Nolan Batman. Or Christopher Nolan, sorry. No, and the, I was thinking more recently, the four-hour Zack Snyder Justice okay. League. But the but original cut have, wasn't good. You had to have the four-hour cut to get a decent movie. Yes. Yes. That's sad. That's my point. Aquaman, another one. What are you people seeing that I'm not seeing? Aquaman sucked balls. It was awful. Shazam I, was terrible. Wonder Woman was not that good. The latest Wonder Woman was not good at all. And now this, I'm thinking, okay, you got the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. Bear with me. As much as we hate the rat, as much as we despise Disney, is it possible that the restraints that were put on James Gunn with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies where he couldn't go over the top with the violence, where he couldn't go over the top with the language, pulled him in, reined him in enough where he actually had to be more creative. Because I just found you this know? to be the same crap that we saw the first time around with the different director. That's a valid point. Because that I this, didn't understand took, what he was, was trying to get at with this. Out. You and I have talked about particular scenes that I thought were absolutely abysmally. I mean, an art an art school film student could have done better. The scene where, at the beginning, where Idris Elba and his daughter are screaming at each other. F fuck you. you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. For almost 30 seconds. Jeez, really? I, I could find a fifth grader in an inner city school who could write better dialogue than that. Yeah, that, that... What point did you prove with that? Okay, we get it. They don't like each other. You know what? You could have conveyed that a hell of a lot better than with that stupid A little scene. bit more creativity. And then, of course, the one fight scene oh, with, with Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn with the javelin with the psychedelic flowers flying all over instead of the blood and gore. Stupid, that stupid, was, that was stupid lame. beyond belief. And I'm sorry, but then you had to go King Shark scene with the aquarium, with the aquarium, with the stupid little psychedelic whatever the hell things they were, right? That were attacking him, right? What? What? No. Sorry, there was just something so wrong with this movie, and again, I can't understand where the positive reviews are coming from. I it, really don't understand how this movie is one iota better than the first. It was it was more I thought it was more entertaining. I didn't. I didn't. I, I really didn't. I liked it better than the first, but that's not saying much because I really didn't like the first one. Well, if you take there are people that are saying this is the third in a quote-unquote trilogy well, because you go Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and then the... Here, here's another problem I've got with this. See, now I, How creative are you when the first movie was called Suicide Squad and you decide to differentiate yourself by calling this THE, the Suicide Squad? How 
goddamn stupid is that? That's bad. You Because we can't, you know, people are we so... We can't get creative. You can't put a, a number on anything anymore. It's always got to be a name. It can't be this part two, this part three. It's always now got to be, you know, a, a different title to it, a different name you, to it. No. Like, it can't be Avengers 3. It's got to be Avengers Endgame. See what I'm saying? They they or Avengers four, whatever. But at but, least they they kept the name and right. added a little something to make it different. This you put a freaking the in front of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's could you, could you see a movie called The Avengers? It's not Avengers. It's The Avengers. No. I mean that's just so dumb. And I honestly, I'm gonna make myself look like the biggest asshole of all time here. Okay. I didn't know anything about James Gunn's personal life. But after the first half of this movie, where he seemed to be fixated with showing penises, you know, I don't need, need to see John Cena in his tidy whiteies. Yeah, no. That the was guy bad. on the toilet, he's got no that pants was bad. on. I had to look and see is, is James Gunn gay? Is he really obsessed with genita male genitalia? And I check. He's like he's he's been dating Jenna Fisher from the office. I'm just like, dude, what is we going don't on with need this? this crap? He, he, I don't know. And I'm done with Harley Quinn. I am done with. I, I Margot Robbie has done her best, and I I I admire her for doing what she did with Harley Quinn, and I think she's done a phenomenal job. But I think it's gone too far. I think they've tried too hard. To create this, we've talked about creating female heroes. Yeah. And last week we had a couple that we loved and we we gave positive reviews to. And I'll have one here coming up soon in segment three. But Harley Quinn just isn't doing it for me. I think it was. She's not funny enough. She's not kick-ass enough, whatever you want to call it. I don't They're not writing it correctly. And then they're she's missing that, out. Now all of a sudden, you got to have that thick Brooklyn accent. And that you know? comes and goes. Yeah. That, yes. That comes but and goes. That, I think, is part of them trying to make her out to be the nut job that she actually is. Oh, God. I just. But. It, I look back it, at Zack Snyder's. With so much potential that they're not writing it to its potential. And then they wanted they want to do a, a series with John Cena's Peacemaker. He was no, he was an was awful character. He was a terrible character. I found nothing appealing about him whatsoever. No, the Peacemaker thing was again. If an you women want to disaster. admire him in his tidy whities, there you go. The character has nothing redeeming about him. He sucks as a wrestler. He sucks as an actor. He sucks as his character. Yeah, th this is it. They need to rethink making this into a series. It's awful. If you gonna, want I, a good one, I would focus on Bloodsport. I loved his helmet. How it was the old alien. Yeah. From uh, Ridley Scott. Yep. Uh, I would rather was... see. I would rather see a weasel movie than another <laughs> peacemaker movie. Sorry. Yeah, th these characters were not appealing in the least. No. Rat catcher? Come on. 
rat catcher saves the day, and then the villain. They have to Starro. They have really? to pull Starro up from the nineteen sixties Green Lantern comic books. One of the lamest villains. I'm sorry. Of this all was, time, this had to be one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen because I had high expectations going in. And See, that was your problem. I know. I know. That was your problem. Well, you everybody had said they got it right this time. They got it right. No, they did not. You know no, who they said not. they got it right? Critics. Idiot Damn critics. critics who don't know Idiot Jack critics. Squat. Idiot critics. No, this, I expected nothing out of it. And I got a semi-entertaining film that I enjoyed watching for a couple hours because I liked it better than the first one. All right, so I give it two frenzies. What'd you give it? Two. So you're going to be with me, too, on that? I give it a solid two. There was enough that I didn't care okay. for. Okay. I liked it enough to watch it and laugh Okay. and appreciate parts of it, but there was enough in there that I didn't like, and it's a DC movie. Yeah, again. Now we've got Titans and Doom Patrol. We'll get to that in a minute. But those up. are not movies. They're done as a series. But we talked about The Flash last week, and now that's starting to fall apart. Right. So, is it DC as a whole now, or just the DC movies are falling, still falling apart? There's We've always said the DC base. movies have not been good. No. Marvel nails the movies other than the Netflix Marvel shows. Right. They can't do them. Right. Now... I will say probably the streaming DCs that you get from Titans and Doom Patrol, those are solid. The CW started great with Green Lantern and Flash started well. And Arrow. And yeah, Arrow, they failed quickly. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, Sorry, the, C the CW, the CW went. You know, we've talked about this. They went so PC. Yeah. That 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 ruined it there. So we're gonna get back into TV talk here in the third segment, but for now, we're gonna wrap up with some music here in the second segment. Music news. Next week we will have a concert review. We're going to see Counting Crows. Yep. So the Conquistador and I will have a review of that for you. And we will also have a review of the new Night Ranger album, ATBPO. Yes. So I'm ready. Going to be good stuff. I got to give the Conquistador another week to get into it. Billy Idol. Uh-oh. Billy Idol. News today. New song. Bitter Taste. Just came out today. Ooh. As we tape this on the 11th of August. His EP, four-song EP which I think oh, come on. It's a cop out. kind of doing the whole Counting Crows thing. With Don't the Butter do Miracle. the cop out. The Roadside is the name of the EP. That will be out on September the 17th. Four songs. <sighs> so I have not gotten a chance to listen to Bitter Taste yet. Hopefully next week I will have a little bit uh, more info on it, how it sounds, if it's good, bad. Now, Stevens is with him on this. Steve Stevens. Okay. So 
there's potential. There is. Also mentioned last week, Guns N' Roses put out Absurd. That I did get to listen to. I don't know what the hell to make of it. <laughs> is this another Chinese democracy? Yes. Thank you, Conquistador. This is why he is my brother from another mother. He reads my mind. This does not sound like Slash or Duff are getting any input. This sounds like Axel is taken over. Ego trip and it's a, it sounds like a, a lost track from Chinese democracy. It does not sound like old GNR. It sounds like the stuff we heard on Chinese democracy. Ugh. Ugh. That being said, it's not terrible. But F-bombs, left and right. It's got an industrial type of feel to it. It almost sounds like a Nine Inch Nails type of song. What the hell are the rest of the guys going along with this for? I don't know. Money? It's got to be the money, right? They just want the money. God. So I will let you listen to it, Conquistador, if you uh, want to come back next week. Yeah. But yeah, it's... I will give it a go. Uh, it's... Uh, I give it a so-so rating so far. You know, one song I'm not going to give a actual frenzy rating to. But, yeah, it's very odd. It's, like I said, Nine Inch Nails type. Ugh, ugh. Which is the stuff that Axel hated. But then he, like you said, he embraced with Chinese democracy. With democracy. Uh, which took how long to put out? How long did that take? Ten years to put like that out? That, yeah. And that's what you got. Again, we've talked about the fact that we know these guys aren't making money off new material. They're making it off of touring. Right. But at the same time, please, for the love of God, try, try, do try. something, make an effort. Now we've got COVID rearing its ugly head again all over the place. Live Nation has now said that the artists will dictate whether or not they will require proof of vaccination, vaccination for, for admittance. all shows. Ugh. So with three shows next week, I have not seen anything for us yet where they're going to I've, tell us. I, I've got, I've my, got my vaccination card on my phone. I took the picture of it. That better be good enough. I don't. I, I'm not carrying that goddamn card around. If that's what's going to be required, that flimsy piece of goddamn cardboard. No, you better you let got me. Got a picture of it right. on my phone. Right. I am not going to carry around a little piece of cardboard that could get lost, that could get dropped in a puddle, damaged in some way. If that's what you're going to require for me to actually go and live my life, I'm with the conquistador. You better take a goddamn picture of it, and you better accept it. Stevie Nicks canceled her tour because of COVID. The New Orleans Jazz Fest has been canceled because of COVID. Ugh. Ricky Medlock of Leonard Skinner has got COVID. They have canceled multiple dates on their tour. So I am scared to death. With the shows we've got coming in September. We got some big shows coming up. If they if I get Judas Priest taken away from me again, I'm gonna be pissed. The world will have to watch out because the maestro will go on a Godzilla like rampage. You can't do that to me twice. You can't. I have never gotten to see Judas Priest. For the love uh. of God, please don't take that away from me again. Because I don't think they could 
I boy, I don't know. I, the, they pushed that the back in 2022. I don't know if they could do it. Uh, We're still worried about Billy Joel. We've been waiting for Billy Joel forever. Yeah. We're not sure. Push we got back con- to next year again. Concert tickets for him in 2022 now. Is he going to be okay? Yeah. These we bought in, what, early 2019 for 2020? It's ridiculous. We're not getting any benefit from the money being there, but somebody's making interest off our funds. Charlie Watts. Shocking. Methuselah. <laughs> Will not be available for the Rolling Stones' upcoming tour. We'll see if that happens. So Steve Jordan will fill in for him. Just not looking good. I mean, we thought we were going to have one wasted year, and we were naive, and we were stupid. We were so stupid to think that we would be allowed to have just one year, and all this shit would be wiped off the board. Slate would be cleaned off. Yeah, well, the problem is... Too many damn people are not getting the vaccine and perpetuating this crap. Young people. Young people who think they're invincible and are starting to fall to it. And they don't care about anybody else. They don't care about the people they go to at concerts. They don't care about their parents, their grandparents. Their kids. Nobody is trying to put a chip in you. Nobody is trying to make you infertile. Stop saying, oh, i got to look into it more. You're not looking into it more. You're You're buying into this stupid-ass conspiracy crap. And as I said last week, I like a good conspiracy theory, but if you buy into all this crap about the vaccine, you're a freaking dumbass. Get the shot already. Let's get back to normal. Put this shit behind us. Stop being part of the problem. Be part of the solution. And I'll tell you what. If we go through this, you guys get your shots. And if we go through this and the same shit happens next year because there's another fucking variant, fine. Let's end it all. Let's nuke the fucking planet. Because if I have to go through this in 2022 because of another variant, I'm done. I'm done. You won't let me go to concerts. You won't let me go to sporting events. You won't let me go to the goddamn supermarket without a mask on for two fucking years. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. You can't take all these things away from the people of America. We need sporting events, live sporting events, live concerts. We The we streaming shit doesn't work for us. Okay? We need to live. All right. Final music note before we wrap it up. We'll move on to television and streaming news and our dumb asses of the week with Moments of Silence in segment three. A little bit of good music news. We haven't heard from Alice in Chains for a while. We have not. But Jerry Cantrell, the mastermind behind Alice in Chains, has got his third solo album coming out. Ah. called Brighton on October the 29th. He released his first single off that album, Matone, which is very cool, very Alice in Chains-ish. No. <laughs> um, I remember you and I saw them here, what, five years ago, was it? 
God, has it been that? Yeah, I guess it has been. No about notice. That long. One of the few times where I got no notice, and you had to tell me. Oh, by the way, you know Allison Chains is playing locally. Yeah, jumped we, on it. The we one got it. venue, the one venue that we've got within the least twenty miles. Expected venue to host Allison. Yeah, Chains. all they do is host musicals and Broadway crap. Ends up having an Allison Chains concert, which so, was phenomenal. Yeah, luckily we got seats, decent seats, so we were happy with that. Great show, very good. But uh, hope to see him again at some point. But for now, we'll have to settle for Jerry Cantrell's solo work. All right, we're going to talk. Like I said, TV and streaming. I've got a review of Mayor of East Town. Been out there for a while, little while. Emmy nominations up the Yazoo. And now I know why. There we go. For once, I might agree with the critics. For once. For once. It yes. does not happen often. <laughs> All right, kids. We'll be right back on the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy. When the mindless zombies at the major sports networks won't leave you alone. When the forces of evil on local sports radio have you cornered. Load up the boomstick known as Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio, Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Kevin Dave will drive the dull and boring voices in your head away and offer you the sports salvation you need. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget the weekend edition every Saturday where the maestro and the conquistador might just review your favorite horror flick. Sports Frenzy 2.0. It's groovy. Okay, everybody, time to wrap it up for the weekend edition. Sports Frenzy 2.0 taping on the 11th of August, 2021. This will hit on the 14th. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We've got one TV and streaming review for you. I am getting the Conquistador and Mrs. C to watch this, but it might be a few weeks, so I have been given permission to give you a review of Mayor of Easttown. Of course, that's been wrapped up for a while on HBO, but I was actually, this is like a mini story time with Uncle Kev. I was trying to jump on to HBO Max last Thursday night because I heard that Suicide Squad was going to premiere early. But, of course, I got on too early. By about four hours? No, about 45 minutes. Oh, okay. About 45 minutes, I jumped on a little too early. I think it was supposed to debut at 7 p.m. last Thursday. I got on at 6.15. And I was like, (laughs) well, what do I want to do? What do I want to watch? And I'd heard so much in terms of great buzz about Mayor of Easttown. And I figured, well, 45 minutes, I can give it, you know, a shot. That's one episode. See if it's any good. It's the Kate Winslet. Yep. Kate Winslet as a small town detective in Pennsylvania. I did not even bother watching Suicide Squad that night. I blew (laughs) through the first four episodes 
of Mayor of Easttown didn't even give a rat's crap about the Suicide Squad. Obviously, something in my brain knew what they were doing. Said some of these little delay it, yes, delay it, delay it. Some of these these little uh, synapses were firing. You know, the alcohol had not killed them all yet. <laughs> and I ended up finishing it up within two days, seven episodes. Um, unbelievably good. It is worthy of all the accolades it's getting. I think I saw sixteen Emmy nominations. Um. Kate Winslet is now my one true goddess in terms of, <laughs> you know, she is just the, the, the woman for every man. She's not overly beautiful. She's not overly gorgeous. Um, but she's just a little chunky, a little heavy, you know, but she's, she's so good in this and she's so down to earth. She's drinking rolling rock through every episode. <laughs> That's all she does is down rolling rock. She's trying to solve this missing person's mystery murder case. And she just, she's mesmerizing. Literally. This is, I am not overstating this. This is one of the, if not the best performance I have seen in the last five years, movie or TV. Wow. That's how good That's she is. That's high praise from you. She, she is unbelievable. And again, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. This is the type of female hero I want to see. An original character. You're not redoing something, a comic book hero, and making it female for male. Like Thor, what they're going to do with Thor. How about you do this? Just like you did with Gunpowder and Milkshake. Yeah. Just like you did with Jolt, come up with an original female hero, and this is the best one of them all. Mayor of Easttown is phenomenal. I will say this, still sticking with the superhero thing. One of the characters who's been nominated for an <laughs> Emmy, I'm watching this and I'm going, Jesus, God, I know who he is. God, I know who he is, and I can't, I can't figure out for the life of me where he's from. But I'm not the I'm not the type of person that's gonna jump on my phone and start looking it up. I gotta watch the whole thing. So I watched the whole seven episodes, and then I finally got online, and this guy was nominated for an Emmy. Evan Peters. He plays Quicksilver in the latest X-Men movies. There you go. And I'm like, <laughs> that's Quicksilver. Holy shit. And he's playing basically Mayor's sidekick in this movie or in this TV series. But again, three and a half. The only reason I give it three and a half, I have two problems with it, two minor problems. Number one, there are too many obvious red herrings where they're, they're throwing <laughs> characters at you, throwing plot twists at you where you go come on really come on you're trying to make me believe this person is a a killer come on you know it's too obvious it's too neat it's too convenient you know damn well that's not going to be that simple right that's problem number one problem number two is i found and i'm gonna have to do some digging but at the very end, when they finally solve the case, after all these twists and turns 
and false starts and this person did this and this person did that. They finally catch the villain, the, the main perpetrator of the crime. And I found a plot hole. I will not give it up here. I will wait for the conquistador to watch this and see if he picks up on it. But there is one glaring plot hole where I go, how do you explain that away? There's no way you can explain that away. And they could have. They really could have if the writing was a little bit better, a little bit tighter. Yeah. So that's why it's not a four. It's a three and a half. Guy Pierce is in this. I love Guy Pierce. Awesome actor. He's relegated to the love interest here. So he's kind of a, you know. Secondary. Namby-pamby. He's a writer. Yeah. He's, he, he kind of remember the guy who wrote the bridges of madison county years oh and years and decades ago he, that's who i think he's supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a playoff on him because he wrote one book again i'm not spoiling anything for you kids he wrote one book that appealed to women <sighs> i'm telling you it's the guy who wrote bridges of madison county all right that's who he's supposed to be so, but again, three and a half, fully recommend it. Great, great mystery. Loved it. A little bit of Gone Baby Gone vibe to it with that small town East Coast vibe. Okay. Where everybody I'm hate, intrigued. Everybody hates everybody. Everybody's got a secret. Everybody curses everybody out. People don't have a problem with throwing fists and punches every night at each other. <laughs> If you say something the wrong way or look at somebody the wrong way. So um, now we've got a ton of TV and streaming news before we get into our moments of silence and our dumb asses. So I will bounce some of this off of Dave and see what he feels about it. I did tell him I this one. I may or may not feel anything. Well, I did tell you <laughs> this one the other night at the draft. So this won't come as a surprise, but I think the people out there need to know about this. NBC canceling Ultimate Slip and Slide because of the explosive diarrhea outbreak. <sighs> Insert your own joke here. With the show Ultimate Slip and Slide, with the 40 mile an hour enemas, what did you expect <laughs> was going to happen? I was just thinking, you know, network television, <laughs> you know. How, how fitting is it that a, a show gets canceled because of shit? <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's NBC. Yeah. Reality TV. Crap. Literally. Now, a show that's near and dear to our hearts. We've talked about this on and off for the last three or four months. Jeopardy finally made a decision on their host for the syndicated Yes. Five nights a week show, which will be, as I figured, Mike Richards, the executive producer. Yep. And what little oh. bit I saw of it seemed like he was the best to me. Those who I know who watch it religiously felt he was the best choice. He had the best interaction with the contestants. He had the demeanor to pull it off. Now, he will not be doing all the Jeopardy shows because now it's come out that there will be primetime 
specials. Uh, why do we have to go primetime specials? Because oh, they, because they're cheap to produce. Well, because, you know, you can't just let a white guy be the host of Jeopardy anymore. That's not fair. There's no gender equity there. So now primetime specials will be hosted by my embolic blossom. So we're going to have a white woman. But it's a woman. It's a woman. So the white man still doesn't have the power anymore. So all the hippies out there, all the PC liberal hippies are happy because even though Mike Richards gets the gig as the host for the weeknight show, the woman gets the primetime power. Why do we have to have a primetime Jeopardy? It's okay. We still because have- we don't have any original writers who can come up with anything decent. You have to... <sighs> the networks are all going... Game shows are reality TV because they're that freaking well, we stupid about this. and cheap. We talked and about this. And they're putting all the good regular, stuff on the streaming. We talked about this in the regular Sports Frenzy episode this week. This is what they're doing. And this is why I say, why do we even bother with NBC anymore? Why do we need ABC? Why, why do, we do we need, need CBS? CBS? Screw them. Seriously. Who watches them anymore? Unless you're watching Chicago toilet chicago uh porta potty chicago urinal yeah or law and order you know jaywalking Uh, they should just uh, get rid of let if you want to pay for nbc content pay for peacock if you want to pay for cbs content pay for paramount plus let's get rid of the cable companies altogether. pay for internet stream everything else there you go. God, let's hope we get to that point. God, let's hope we get to that point. I, yeah, and you're, the cost of everything is ridiculous because you're going to wind up paying more for all your streaming stuff that you want to see than you probably would from the cable. That's the thing. Get rid of the cable because then at least you'll be able to offset the cost. Maybe. By the time all is said and done, well, you're gonna have to with make, all the different you're going things. to have to make choices. You're going to have to decide what you want to watch and what you don't want to watch. <sighs> Bullshit. All right. Speaking of politically incorrect stuff, South Park has been renewed through 2027. Good Lord. And not only that, but Paramount Plus. So our favorite little crackers are back. <laughs> Paramount Plus, I I had to read this article all the way through to make sure I read this right. Not only is South Park renewed through 2027, but they have been, Stone and Parker will now be required, I mean, $900 million, you can require me to do pretty much anything. Yeah. $900 million contract, 14 original South Park movies for Paramount Plus. Through 2027, on top of the regular show. Good lord. I thought, okay, so 14 movies they produce or put together. No, 14 South Park original movies on top of the show. The regular show. Good God. (sighs) I am the law. I am the law. 
You respect my Thota. <laughs> All right. How many more times can they kill Kenny? I don't know. I, I have not watched South Park in ages. I have to be honest with you. And I respect it. And I when I watched it, I did enjoy it. For I some did, reason, but it's just. It, it grates after yes, a while. I agree. It does. It just is too much after a while. It's just too much. You know. Um. Ugh. I can't. It's like The Simpsons. It's just, at some point, can we just stop? Can we just it's stop? Run its course. All right. I have been trying to get you to watch Yellowstone. Been trying and trying. Now the prequel is going to be on Paramount Plus. Yeah, not subscribing to it. We talked about this called 1883. Maybe this will persuade you a little bit. Sam Elliott is now going to star. I'm not subscribing <laughs> to Paramount Plus. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill will also be in the show. Whoop de doo. I thought Sam Elliott, the ultimate badass, is in it. I yeah. thought you might enjoy that. I would, but I'm not freaking paying for Paramount. We do have good news on the HBO Max front. We alluded to this earlier. Doom Patrol Season 3. Yes. Starting on the 23rd of September. I am going to have to just say the heck with the boys and watch them it all on my own. Yes, you're going to have to. It's awesome. Doom Patrol is awesome. It's politically incorrect. It is weird. It is wacky. It is gross. It is brilliant. And there I've told you, you it's another... I will. I will start watching that as soon as i finish the last few episodes of the irregulars there you go i've told you and i will stick by my guns doom patrol is reminiscent of preacher and i know you like preacher. i loved preacher so there you go i think you'll like this bad news from netflix and again i i'm having so many problems with netflix why are they so obsessed with creating content for every other country but america you it's know, a damn I, good question. Stranger Things will not be on again until 2022. That's ridiculous. Why does it take so long to put out a season of Stranger Things? Because all I've seen all from them, the other actors have other pro all the actors have other projects. Oh, that's bullcrap. That's bullcrap. They're making all their money off Stranger Things. I don't want to hear that. There is no way they wouldn't drop what they're doing to do. A see, it's something's going on behind the scenes. I'm sorry, something else. And again, I'm tired of Netflix. Oh, here's a German show. Here's a Spanish show. Here's a Norwegian show. Why don't you make a goddamn show that I care about here in America? I seriously, this is why I cancel Netflix every two months. Is because I catch up. We watch four or five shows. And, and I have and not looked at my Netflix it. account in three weeks after we watched, I watched Army of the Dead, caught up on that, watched the old guard, got that taken care of. Now I'm like, now what? Now what am I watching on Netflix? Catch I can up go on back, your music documentaries. I can go back and look at the old Marvel stuff. That's it. That's it. I, it's just not worth it. HBO Max has turned out to be a better value right now for 15 bucks than Netflix is for nine. Because I know if I go on HBO Max, I'll find something good yeah. to watch. 
movies, TV shows. Some of their original content's been pretty good. Yep. All right, final thing before we move on to our moments of silence. I don't normally like to talk about celebrity dating news. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of that because I really don't care about celebrities, but this is the one that I cannot, <laughs> I cannot let go. I cannot pass this one by. They're not on a break anymore, They're man. They're not on a break. Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer are actually, it looks like, possibly, maybe, dating. After, After all this how many time, damn years? Is uh, Now, this, to me, like I said, I don't normally care about this crap. This, this would be this cool. This is the ultimate culmination. This would be cool. This, If they got together and got married... Oh my living as God. much as they awesome? crushed on each other during the show. Yes. And the timing never worked out for them. Uh, this would be, this would actually give me faith that love actually exists. Yes, that would. Because right now I don't have any faith. No but faith. Well, you're not buying into uh benefit. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, are you freaking kidding me? She, they're going to buy a house together, and then two years later, she'd be back with A-Rod. On his A-Rod. Jumping up and down on his A-Rod. Or we'll find out ben A-Rod Affleck actually swaying the other I, way. I love Ben Affleck as an actor and a director. I think he's vastly underappreciated. His love life is a freaking train, train wreck. wreck. from hell. Yes, yes, there, There's no is. way this ends well for him. No way in hell this ends well for him. No way in hell. He's going to end up behind the counter at the quick stop. <laughs> or he's going to wind up in a very uncomfortable I place. I thought he was supposed to be here today. I was supposed to be on a yacht with J-Lo. Instead of the backseat of a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a chocolate-covered pretzel. Or, or a hamburger for movies. <laughs> All right, kids. Time to move on to our moments of silence. Uh, do we want to do dumbasses first? No, let's get let's do moments first. I only okay. got one dumbass. So okay. Uh, Your night court, babe. Marky Post. Yep. After years long battle with cancer. I know how much you love night court. So there's only two left. John Larroquette and the actress who played Roz, the third bailiff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh. it's unbelievably sad, considering the fact that that show was on roughly at the same time as Cheers, Seinfeld, Friends. Yeah, it you was know, a little earlier, but not it that was, much. It, it, Cheers led into Night Court. Right, right, and the fact that all those people have died off that show is just sad. Yeah. It is. It's ugh. crazy, crazy, All right. crazy. It's time for Kev to indulge in his wrestling of the week. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Bobby Eaton. If you have watched or have you ever watched the old WCW wrestling on Turner, yep. you'll remember the Midnight Express. <laughs> Bobby Eaton was one half of the Midnight Express. Their tennis racket wielding manager. 
again, yes, I'm an old school wrestling guy. I love it. So very sad to see Bobby Eaton pass. Yep. <sighs> Character actor. Alex Cord. Better known as the man in the white suit with the eye patch on Airwolf. Oh, man. <laughs> Had been in the 66 remake, a stagecoach has passed away. Like I said, character actor. Right. But I think Airwolf was probably what we would know him best from. I don't... Th my last one is not a current moment of silence, but because of the concert we just saw last week, I felt this would hit home for us. And given the music that we love, uh, I don't normally like to do anniversaries of people's death, but I just found it very odd, given, again, the timing, that as we tape this, August the 11th, 2021 is the 10 year anniversary of the death of Janie Lane of Warrant. Oof. Wow. And we did our review of that concert and yeah. we talked about how, as great as that show was and as great as their new lead singer is, the specter of Janie Lane just seems to hang over that band. Yeah, that it does. Um, because he destroyed his life with drugs, with alcohol, but. His insecurities, but the talent that he had, yeah. his voice, songwriting. Yeah, it was just the potential for that band, the the unbelievable potential they could have achieved. You know, they basically had two fantastic albums, and then they kind of collapsed. Yeah. Dog Eat Dog was kind of where they started the downfall, and then they did a couple small label albums, and then yeah. that was... He was gone. Then they're bringing in other guys to to fill his void. Yeah. Um, he is one of those charismatic to me. You know, other people, oh, my God, Kurt Cobain. Oh. Janie Lane, to me, is one of those enigmatic guys that you know, I look at and I go, what if he hadn't fucked his life up? What if he'd actually what stayed could they focused? have achieved? Could they have been up there with Poison, Motley Crue? You know, had the six, seven, eight year runs of of selling multi platinum albums. Yeah, that selling out tours as headliners instead of just two two albums. Yeah, two great two classic great albums. classics. But they could have had so much more. Yep. So, Dennis D T Thomas, founding member of Cool and the Gang. I bring that up for one reason <laughs> that we listen to them open for Van Halen. Yeah, unfortunately, I, yeah, that was one of the few times. There have been times, and I always feel bad about it every time I do it. Either we skip an opening act or we miss an opening act, get there late. Or we cut out early because we want to beat traffic, so we might miss the last song or two from a headliner. That we've seen before. Right. But still, I always feel bad about not being there from beginning to end for a concert, any concert. Yeah. If I bought a ticket, I, I should, my obligation should be to be there from beginning to end. We and, were in the arena. We were just sitting at the bar. And I, I, I agreed with you that that's what we should do. 
we were watching a basketball game and sitting there having a beer before Van Halen. It was just such an odd pairing. It was. It didn't make any sense. No. No. Didn't make any sense. None at just all. Just like the the other time we saw them, what was it um, Bob Marley's grandson or his son open for them? Yeah. I mean, Van Halen always picked the most bizarre, eclectic opening acts when the Dave when Dave was with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it's, Sammy. Sammy would tend to try to get the best possible opening act. Yeah. D- Dave would pick the bizarre yeah. out of left field runs. So, all right. I have one dumbass to wrap things up. We don't have to play dumbass or not because I think you will agree with me. This is clear cut. DC Comics, once again, as we just <laughs> talked about them. In the new Batman comic called Urban Legends, Robin, who has been Tim Drake, Tim Drake has been, he's been Robin for quite a while, will now officially come out as bisexual and will be going out on a date with a man. Come on! And here you go. The story I saw where they actually kind of give you the dialogue in the scene where he actually kind of figures out that he wants to date a guy is some of the most awkward, idiotic, stupid dialogue I've ever read in my life. Like he's standing outside the door going, oh, come on, Tim, you can do this. You can do this. Lame. What, you can go down on another guy's schlong? The whole storyline is just stupid. DC has really come out as, no pun intended, has come out as the most unbelievably pathetic PC organization of all the creative factions out there. Yes, yes, they have. They're worse than Marvel. They're worse than anybody else. Every show, you feel like you walk into a meeting and they tell you, okay, you got to have one gay character. You got to have one female hero who's better than all the male heroes. You got to have one African American hero. You got to have one Asian American hero. Yeah. You got to have one Mexican American hero. I'd be like, I'm out. Gary, yep. I'm out of the contest. It. I'm out of the contest. There you go. You don't get to tell me how to write my stories. Yet, who's who are these, these sellouts that are doing this thing? Okay, I'll write Give me this. the money and I'll do it. Yeah. I would never sell my ass out for this. There you go. I have one final dumbass. Britney Spears. Oh, I love Britney. She's trying to end the conservatorship. Okay. But she still does the stupid Instagram posts where she shows that she's incapable of making an intelligent decision. Bikini shots? Of her locking herself in the bathroom for four hours, oh. posting that, and then the topless stuff. She's just not showing that she's mentally capable. Oh my god! And god. she won't listen to anybody. I know. I feel so. Bad. I, I I know you're right. Uh, I shouldn't joke about it because I used to love her. I had crushed on her for years and years. But you're right. It's kind of a sad story. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it up because yes. She probably needs help, and she needs to get it as soon as she can. Yep. And on that sad note, 
Thank you, kids. He's the maestro. He's a conquistador. We'll see you next week.